you can answer that question for yourself. Right? Yes. Um, the, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. I like the Amplified, but somehow the Amplified version. You know, but do you have the Amplified version that you can access here? 1 Peter 4, verse 7. First Peter, the first epistle of the Apostle Peter. Yes. By the end, <coughs> by the end and culmination of all things yeah. has now come near. Okay. Keep sound minded uh-huh. and self restrained okay. and alert okay. therefore uh-huh. for the practice of prayer. Okay. Keep sound minded and self restrained, right? Yes. Okay. And what else? And alert. Alert. Okay. For the practice of prayer. Okay. So it says that the, in the King James, it says something like, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be sober-minded. Okay. Be sober-minded so that you can pray. Hallelujah. Amen. So here, the Amplified is saying that the, the culmination of all things, things, everything is coming to an end. All things are coming to a head. Okay. So because of that, it said, be clear-minded. Be clear-minded so that you can pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Why would it be telling us to be clear-minded? They, um, yeah, it says that be sober and watch unto prayer. And um, it's talking about, yeah, a sound mind. Yeah, have a sound mind. Okay? Be sound minded so that you can pray. It's very important because it's important to be clear minded so that you can pray. There's, there's an, the classical amplified version. Do you have the classical amplified? You know the amplified has there are various subdivisions of the amplified. There's a classical amplified version. I inadvertently deleted it from my notes when I was like, yeah, so the um, there's a classical amplified. I like the way it puts the first Peter chapter 4 verse 7. Okay? Some of you, the only version of that we've known is NIV. NIV or Good News Bible. That's the only one that you know. Good news. It's good news, isn't it? Christ died for you and me. Hallelujah. Don't worry. Whichever version you have, if you're able to remaster the fundamentals in that one, it'll be able to put you over. Hallelujah. Yeah. But sometimes it's good to have other like um, resources to actually help you. Okay. Can anybody find the classical amplified for me? It's the end and condition of all things near. For the purpose of prayer. So this balance and focus on the things of God. So that your communication will be clear. Exactly. That's the part I want. Your communication will be clear, focused, and what? Reasonable, specific. Reasonable, specific, and pleasing to God. So read that last line again. Your communication will be clear, focused, specific, reasonable, and pleasing. Right? Okay. So it's telling you something. It's the purpose for you to be sound-minded is so that your communication will be what? Clear. We've been talking about prayer, isn't it? It says your communication will be clear. And you know that here we pray in tongues. You know we pray in tongues. Say we pray in tongues. Yes. Because... 
Jesus said that they will speak in other tongues, those that believe. And we believe. We have received the Holy Spirit. We speak in tongues. And it's very important. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. But we're talking about another kind of prayer here, where it says that what? Your communication will be clear. Because sometimes you can pray and communication is not clear. And then it says it should be what? Focused. Not like diffuse. It should be focused. And then it says it should be what? Reasonable. Right? It said it should be reasonable. Hallelujah. Yeah, it should be reasonable. So it means that you are making logical sense. Okay, some people believe that if you're a Christian, it means that you are illogical. No, there's the spiritual logic also. Hallelujah. The spiritual logic. Amen. So it says that your communication should be clear, focused, reasonable, and pleasing. And I have skipped one. Which is the one that I have skipped? Clear, reasonable, specific. Specific. Okay. It should be specific. Hallelujah. It should be specific. So it's telling us why it says that the end of all things is at hand. Meaning that we are at the end of the age. And there are a lot of things that the scriptures told us will be happening in the end of the age, right? It says that in the last days, what? What is good? Wickedness would abound. It said, it told us that, okay, that things were going to happen in the last days. Jesus told the disciples and the apostles also told us that in the last days, many people were going to, the love of many would wax cold because wickedness was going to abound. And then he talked about the last days, there were going to be disasters and all those things. So he's telling you now that because we are in the last days, be clear-minded. Be clear-minded, focused, reasonable, specific, okay? So that you can actually pray, okay? So that your communication will be clear, focused, specific, reasonable, and pleasing to the Father. Hallelujah. <laughs> so it's very important. And especially, there are, like, um, there, there are various kinds of prayer with... Um, but we're, we're, we're getting in on one particular one. We're talking about petition, okay? This is talking about petition. We are making petitions. He said that your communication must be clear. Hallelujah. Your communication must be clear. It means that there, there, there should not be any um, ambiguity about what you are trying to say. Hallelujah. About what exactly you are trying. What are you, what, what's your, what are you trying to say? Bros, what are you trying to say? Because sometimes you listen to people and they are not making any sense. Yes? Yeah. There are lawyers who don't make any sense. They go there, pack a, a pile of books, go and disturb everybody in the court. They don't make any intelligent argument. It says that your communication must be clear. Hallelujah. Your communication must be clear. And then it says it should be focused. It should be focused. What do you want? What is it that, what exactly, what is your goal? Hallelujah. What is your goal in this matter? What are you looking out for? Okay. And then it says that it should be specific. Is it yellow or is it green? Hallelujah. Specific. And then it said it should be what? Reasonable. It should make sense. And then it should be pleasing to the Father. Hallelujah. It should be pleasing. We've, we've studied about Joshua. When Joshua showed up there and Joshua wanted a certain change, he was clear. He said he wanted the day to be extended so that he could finish off his enemies. Do you get what I'm talking about? And sometimes, that is what, you know, 
one of the reasons for like one of the benefits, okay, that when you one of the benefits that you get when you attend a meeting like this consistently is that it aligns your language so that you can speak with clarity. Do you get it? Now, you cannot claim proficiency in any subject area if you cannot communicate intelligently in that area. Do you get what I'm talking about? You cannot claim like any degree of proficiency in any field of endeavor if you cannot communicate intelligently for somebody else to understand you when you are using, you are communicating in that particular um, area. Hallelujah. Are you, are you with me? Yeah. So, for example, if you're in a financial um, sector, there, there's a lingo. You should be able to communicate clearly so that anybody can understand. Also, even those who are not in that particular industry, you should be able to communicate and they should be able to understand you. That's when you, you know that you have gained mastery of the subject. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, one of the things that you get by being here is that your, your language becomes aligned. Hallelujah. Your language becomes aligned because... What do I mean by your language becomes aligned? There are ways that you pray. Because you realize that here when we bring up the topic, it's very clear. Do you understand that? It's very clear. Sometimes people are praying for maybe somebody who is sick. You don't know whether they want the person to get well, the person to die, or the person to get worse. Or the person should remain as he is. But they say they are praying for the person. They are not being focused. They are not being specific. They are not being what? Reasonable. If somebody is sick and you are praying that your will be done, you are not serious. Yeah. If somebody is sick, it might like if somebody is sick and you are now if 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 the will could be that the person should be sick, the person should die, or the person should get better, then don't pray. We don't need you. Do you see that? Yeah. Because the moment you are engaging in prayer, there's a certain effect you want to you want to bring to bear. You want to bring some changes. Are you flowing with me? Yeah. So you, you don't get into that and then blow the opportunity. And then you are now, nobody knows what exactly you are, you are, you are, you are trying to, to, to achieve. I told you about the guy who was sick, young guy, some went to pray. And then they began to, at the end of their prayer, they ended it with, when we get to heaven, at the marriage supper, that was how they ended up there. They all cried and everything. Chap died according to their, uh, um, their expectation. Do you see what, what, what's happening? Because they don't understand that, like, they don't, they're not being clear, they're not being reasonable, they're not being focused, they're not being logical. And certainly not pleasing to the Lord. Hallelujah. This is a very important aspect, okay? So anytime when we are talking about prayer, you have to know what you want. What do you want? Do you get what I'm talking about? What is it that you want? It has to be clear in your mind. It has to be clear in your mind. Let's go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. It says, For verily I say unto you, I'm going to read it from verse 32, actually, because this is, what happened here is that Jesus was going to Jerusalem and then 
Um, he was hungry, the Bible says, and he saw a fig tree, and then he thought that the fig tree would have what? Figs on it. So he went there, but it says that he didn't find any figs on the tree because the time of figs was not yet. The time of figs was not yet. So he said, the Bible says, he answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. No, nobody should eat fruit of you hereafter forever. That's what Jesus said. Then Jesus Christ went on into Jerusalem, beat up some people, came back into Bethany, and the following day he was coming back. And the Bible says that when he got to the place, they looked and the fig tree had withered from their roots. And it says that Peter, drawing to his attention, said, Master, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Verse 22 says that, Jesus answered and said unto them, he said that, have faith in God. Jesus said what? Have faith in God. Or the margin says, have the God kind of faith. So Jesus said, have the God kind of faith. So there's a God kind of faith. Where it says, have faith in God, it's actually, the expression is, have the God kind of faith. So there's a God kind of faith. Okay, there's, there's all kinds of faith. Somebody, have, you have faith in their accountant, they have faith in their son, they have faith in their, but there's a God kind of faith. It says that, have the God kind of faith. Well, what does it mean? When it says, because when it says have faith in God, people may take that to mean have faith in God. But Jesus actually said, have the God kind of faith. Have the, the faith that God has. I want you to have the same faith that God has. Then he says that, because verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, he said, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. He says that the person believes that the things which he says come to pass. What, why am I emphasizing this? Because first I want you to understand something. Some years ago I was meditating on this and the Spirit of God drew my attention and said, what you say is three times more important than what you pray. No. He said, what you say is three times more important than what you believe. That's what the Spirit of God said to me. He said, what you say is three times as important as what you believe. Okay, that's, let me just quote it right. That's exactly what you say is three times as important as what you believe. Then you look into, you look into that. I found out some years later that he said the same thing to Kenneth Hagin also that what you say is three times as important as what you believe. If you look at verse 23, you say that, verily I say unto you, that one is Jesus saying, so it's not part of it. Whosoever shall say, number one, to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe, so believe is one, right? That the things which he says, number two, shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. So that's, you find the word say, the verb being used three times. Three times over there. But believe is used one time. Do you get it? So it's there, clearly. So what you say is even more important than what you actually believe. Hallelujah. Okay. The second thing is this. Jesus said something. That this person does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things which he says will come to pass. What does he mean? That this person believes that the things which he says. It didn't say this person believes that the thing which he has said will come to pass. It said this person believes that the things which he says 
will come to pass. So this is somebody who believes in his words. That's what Jesus is talking about. Why is this also important? Because, for example, you can... I've been teaching you. I say, don't say, this thing is killing me. Um, I, I laugh, die, or whatever. I, I told you not to be talking like that, okay? But then you ignore all these things, and suddenly you are faced with an exam. You say, oh, I'll pass, I'll pass. No, 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 you're not going to pass. Why? Because you don't believe that the things you say will come to pass. Because if you believed, you realize that when you say, I laugh, die, that will come to pass. When you say that this thing is going to kill me, that will also come to pass. So which one do you believe in now? Do you get know what I'm talking about? So he's talking about somebody who believes in his words. So it's very important. You know the Bible warns us against cause joking. Cause joking. It talks about cause joking. Sometimes when you think of cause joking, people only think in the context of immoral literature. Cause joking refers to any of these unproductive words. It's cause joking. And Jesus said that for every word, idle words that men shall speak, they shall give an account. He's not talking about when you get to heaven. He said they will give an account on the judgment day. Judgment day is when their words come to pass. Do you understand? That's what he was talking about. He was talking about that what you say, you're going to have what you say. Hallelujah. It's very important. So this is the context in which this was speaking. So sometimes if you're using, if you're used to a certain environment, like especially there are some like uh, fields where people use a lot of profanity, negative words and things like that, you need to be retrained. Okay? You need to be retrained. You have, you have to be retrained. So just allow yourself to be retrained. Okay? Allow yourself to be what? Retrained. To reprogram your language. What you say, how you say, what do you mean? Okay? Are you going downstairs or are you going down? You see that the two expressions don't mean the same thing. You are going down and you are going downstairs are not the same. How many of you agree that they are not the same? Yeah, they're not the same. Going downstairs is not the same as going down. Going down is a different story altogether. Going downstairs means you are going down the stairs. Are you with me? Hmm. Hallelujah. So this, this is a very important thing. Because this is called the fundamentals, okay? The reason why Ghana has not won the African Cup of Nations in a long time, and probably not going to win in a long time to come, is because, probably I said, is because they have not mastered the fundamentals. Do you get it? The fundamentals. Look, there's, there's a, there's, even in the field of football, there's a spherical object that you are playing around, okay? That thing has a specific mass, it has a specific volume, it has a specific diameter. There's a force when you apply it at a particular tangent will put a certain spin on that ball. If you learn it and master it, you can put the ball in a particular corner of the net every single time. Do you realize that? Yeah, every single time. But no, no. You are believing on some mathematics. There's some, like, um, how do you call the, like, permutations, okay? If this one loses and that one wins and that one draws, like, you know, that's how you get. And it will take you up to a point, but it won't take you further. It's about the fundamentals, hallelujah. So we're talking about the fundamentals of the word, the fundamentals. It's very important, the fundamentals of the word. Some years ago, I met a man. He had brought his son, and um, I was <laughs> doing lookum somewhere. He had brought his son. I was going very, very close. He had brought his son. It was in the evening. So he said, um, I don't know what is the problem. He said his son had eaten some 
plant, grass, and he wasn't sure whether it was poisonous or not. So I looked at the child, and I said, there's nothing wrong with the child. The child is fine. And then he said, oh, but he wants to know whether the thing is toxic or like whether it's a poisonous plant or whatever. And I said, okay. There are a number of like toxicology like um, screens that we can run and everything, but it's not going to yield any results. This child is fine. Then I just said to him, aren't you a believer? I didn't even know what I was doing. I just said that. And he said, well, he said, I'm a pastor and I know all that stuff, but... Do you see that? Yeah. He said, I'm a pastor, I know all that stuff, he said. So, this is... The, so, you can literally locate people by the, the, by the language. So, that's what he said to me. And I smiled. I said, okay. So, I immediately understood him. Hallelujah. He went to ha- on to have many bouts of medication himself over a period of time. But I'm just letting you see the, 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 the language. Okay? And that language is because of what the man believes. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's because of what the man believes. So Jesus is saying you something that this person believes that the things he says come to pass. Hallelujah. The things he says come to pass. Glory to God. Yeah. The things that he says come to pass. I told you, one guy, he probably still is the head of Goldman Sachs. So when he, he was doing and he, he, he talked about how, like, after school, um, wherever, whether it was Harvard or wherever, he had, after school, he, he got a job, and then he wanted to work in tax. So um, they, they, they gave him the job, and um, the, he was supposed to come and start in tax, the tax department, as a lawyer. And then um, lawyer or accountant or whatever it is. But come and start. And then they called him and said, oh, you know, we overhired for the tax department. So we want to move you to corporate. So he said, he asked, they said, wait a minute. How many people did you want to hire for tax? They said four. He said, how many people did you hire? He said five. So he said, it means that you're telling him that out of the five they hired, he is the one that they can move. He said, no, I can't come away for you. Today is the head of Goldman Sachs. Do you get what is happening? So because this man understands his, his value. But it was a big firm, he could have taken the job anyway. But he understood himself in a certain, like, a level. He, he, he had a certain, like, appreciation of who he was. He knew who he was. Hallelujah. I mean, because some of the, it was a big difference. Like, oh, okay, tax corporation. It's the same corporation. You're not going to reduce the salary or anything. But this, this is how he looked at it. He said, no. He said, how many people do you want? He said, five. He said, how many do you, uh, four. He said, how many do you hire? He said, four. Uh, five. He said, okay, so out of the list of five that you had, I'm the one you want to move to corporate. He said, no, I can come work for you. He said, hallelujah. So what you say matters, okay? It matters a lot. And you have to be someone who believes in your words. Okay? Believe in your words. The things that you say. That's what Jesus is saying here. He says that, but that person believes that the things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever. Whatsoever. Now, this is, this is so profound because he said, whosoever shall say. Whosoever. It means that anybody outside of nobody is whosoever. You see that? Yeah. Anybody is whosoever. Anybody, there's no, um, nobody is, like, the Bible says, God is no respecter of persons. You can actually see that from nature. The things that God has made in nature, okay? That God is no respecter of persons. Because the laws, the physical laws, 
of nature. They don't respect age, gender, race, or whatever. Okay, these are laws. Anybody that applies them will see them work for the person. Like the law of gravity, okay, is backed by a force, the force of gravity. Okay, so somebody, if you are 75 and you jump from the roof, you come down. If you are four and you, you jump from the roof, roof you, you, you come down. Do you realize what's happening? The laws do not discriminate. The laws do not discriminate between the people. They don't discriminate between this one and that one. They don't discriminate. The laws, said, God is no respecter of persons. That's what um, Peter said. He said, of the truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. When he went to the house of Cornelius, he said, in the ethnic country, anybody that pleases God, God will grant that person whatever the person wants. So, this is a law. This is a law. There are things that are laws, okay? And anytime you come across something that is a law, it means that this, this thing has been tested and has been proven to work every time. It's been tested and proven. A law is infallible. It will not change. It will not, um, it will not bend. It's called a law. That's God's law. Hallelujah. In the same way, he has set the earth in orbit. And the radius is not going to change. Not even by a millimeter. Constant. It's a law. Okay? There's a force. A, a universal gravitational constant that is at work in, in between these heavenly bodies. So, the things that God has set in motion, you realize that doesn't discriminate. Anybody, anywhere, um, whether the person is Indian, black African, yellow, whatever, if that person knows how to engage these laws, even of nature, that person will be able to get a plane together and that thing will fly hallelujah that person can launch a rocket and to go to space anywhere in the world that somebody is able to get a hold to master the fundamentals hallelujah anywhere that somebody is able to master the fundamentals that's why the fundamentals are so important the fundamentals are so important and, and even like I was talking about in one of the World Cups, Germany went there, they set up camp, they had their own football village, they had scientists there, they had all kinds of people there, they could tell you that this player is operating at 70% capacity, this one is his efficiency is 30%. They, like, they, they reduced the, the thing on the field to a science and they won the cup. Yeah. It was during that same one of the big battles, so 7 1 or 7 0, whatever it was. Okay? Yeah. So, it was done to a science. These guys are working out the maths. They can tell you the velocity of this player. They, they can tell you that this is his velocity, maximum velocity on the field. They can tell you how many miles the guy has covered in this particular number of minutes. They, they've reduced the thing. It's about what? Mastering the fundamentals. So when it comes to the things of God, you have to master the fundamentals. And mastering the fundamentals of prayer is a very important aspect of your life as a believer. Hallelujah. When it says in Ephesians 6 from verse 18, it says, praying with all prayer. It says praying with all manner of prayer. Some people understand praying with all prayer means that just pray haphazardly, anyhow you think, and like, you know, like, yeah, just pray anyhow. But that's not what he said. He said, with all manner or types of prayer. Because there are various types of prayer. There are times where you want to change God's mind on something. There's a way you approach that kind of prayer. 
There are times where you want to um, cause a, a change in a particular situation that affects other people. There's a way you pray that kind of prayer. So the fundamentals are very important. So that's why I try to teach you because I know that once you master the fundamentals, you will be able to build on it. Hallelujah. Yeah, there's so many other things that I cannot share with you now because at this time, you still have to, you have yet to master the fundamentals that we are still trying to teach. Hallelujah. It's like Wigglesworth and his, his friend. They were called to go and pray for somebody's wife. Another, uh, somebody's wife. So the person's wife was sick. So they went there. He took this pastor friend of his along. When they showed up there, he, he thought the pastor was more spiritual. So he said the pastor should pray. The pastor started to pray. started to pray that God would give peace to the husband and all kinds of things. The woman, the sick person was there. So... We just went God and said, stop him, Lord. <laughs> he just blessed him. He shut him, shut him up. Then there was another brother there, and we just went and asked him to pray. And then the guy also started to pray along similar fashion, that, you know, God will comfort the man as he's about to be rid of his wife and all kinds of things. So we just went and stopped him also. And then he had, like, um, the, a bottle of oil in his pocket. And then he poked it, he pulled it out of his pocket. And then he said something. And then suddenly his eyes were open and he saw Jesus standing there. And Jesus was smiling at him, a smith, with sweat. And then he poured the whole bottle of oil on the woman. And she was out of the deathbed. You see, that is somebody who knows how to get results. The thing about spiritual things is that anybody can pretend they understand this, uh, spiritual things. You, you see that? Because it's difficult to subject like what they are saying to like a proper test. That's why you have to know the word. Imagine that that woman who they went to pray for, if she had a choice, she would want to have somebody who could get results praying for her. Not those other people who were just didn't know what to say. Hallelujah. So there's something about it. Jesus said that the person does not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Now, First Peter 4, verse 7, the end of all things at hand. Therefore, be what? He said, you should be clear-minded. You should be sober and clear-minded so that you can pray. And then he talks about being focused, being what? Um, specific. And then? Reasonable. And then what? Pleasing to him. What's the fifth one? It's what? Clear. You have to be clear. Do you see that? You have to be clear. Whatever it is that you are coming to pray, you have to be clear about it. Okay? So sometimes don't be in a hurry to pray. Okay? Don't be in a hurry to pray. Don't, this is counterintuitive, right? <laughs> it sounds counterintuitive that don't be in a hurry to pray, but then we are saying you should pray. Well, I mean, don't be in a hurry to pray about something when you, you don't have your, like, your, your case together yet. When you don't have your case together yet. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because then you may swing, you are begging, you are demanding, like you do, like you're just like random motion. Do you see that? But when you are organized, you are able to articulate a very intelligent case. Hallelujah. 
do you, do you think that heaven is haphazard? Like, if you look at the spirit realm, okay, sometimes people believe that, for example, when things happen, of course, when things happen and some people come and they are testifying, they are going to say, by the grace of God and by the grace of God, because they are not going to ascribe any, and it's by the grace of God. So they are not going to tell you, the, they, they will teach you the workings of, you know, like how to make it work. So you, you may think that this was just happenstance, that, oh, wow, you know, God just did it for this person. God just did it for that person. But how did God work it out? How did God do it? Because there's a way. The Bible says that Moses, he knew the ways of God. Israel, it says, they saw the deeds of God. So Moses knew the ways. And, and the Bible says that God told Moses, take this rod with you into Egypt. He says, with it, you will be able to perform miracles. There's a reason why there's a gift called the working of miracles. It's called working of miracles. Hallelujah. And if you understand a little bit of it, like you will see, for example, when we are talking about the anointing, John G. Lake, he gave one of the best explanations of the anointing. He said that the anointing is God's power in the spiritual and the electricity is God's power in the natural. Do you see that? He said electricity is God's power in the natural. Whereas, he said the anointing is God's power in the spiritual. Immediately, you will understand. There are laws that govern electricity. You cannot pass an electric current through this wood, piece of wood. You cannot. You cannot pass it through the plastic or whatever it is. You can only pass it through a conductor. Something that has electrons that can be excited. You can only pass it through a certain like, um, element that can conduct. Do you see that? And then, how does electricity flow from high potential to low potential? And then, what is the power? It is proportional to what? The voltage difference. Whatever it is, it's, it's current times voltage, isn't it? Yeah, that's power. So, you are looking at these things and you understand that even in the realm of the spirit, when you are ministering, for example, if you are a minister, and um, sometimes, like, you're ministering to people, and maybe you place hands on this person, and what is happening is that as long as you, you are making connection, there's a current that is flowing. Okay? So if you pass five amperes over a, a, a short period of time, what the power that is going to, the energy are going to impart, it's not going to be the same as if you pass the same current over maybe 20 minutes. Do you get what is happening here? So you will know. Sometimes you, you can sense your spirit and know, now the work is done, then you move on. Or this, or, or otherwise, you will not be able to get maximum results. If you don't understand what I'm saying, don't worry. <laughs> one day you will. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day, one day you will. If you don't understand, don't worry. I'm just using it to expand on the points I'm making. Hallelujah. So there's a scientific basis of these things. And when it comes to the things of the spirit, there, there's, it's, a, it's a spiritual science. I'm not talking about Christian science. Not that. I'm talking about there's a, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a logic to the things of the spirit. Hallelujah. There's a logic to it. So it's telling you this. So Jesus is saying that this person that believes that the things he says will come to pass, anybody, he says anybody qualifies. Doesn't matter your, your, your age, your name, um, your uncle, whoever, um, which part of the globe you were born. Like He says that anybody, the moment he says anybody, it means that this is available to anybody, anybody, anywhere. Hallelujah. It's as much available to you as it is available to me, as it is available to somebody else. Glory to God. Now, when minister, um, 
their, 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 their operations of the Spirit, okay? Their operations of the Spirit said to the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone to profit with all. 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 7. It's, and then um, it talks about to one is given the, um, you know, like the word of wisdom, another word of knowledge, another faith, working on miracles, gifts of healings, all those things, okay? So there are workings of the Spirit. But I'm talking about where you are concerned. Where you are concerned, there are things that if you master them, you can produce results where you are concerned. Hallelujah. Okay? He didn't even say that this has to follow the apostles. He said this has to follow those that believe. So your only qualification is to be born in the house. Hallelujah. Okay. So Jesus said this, and I said that it's important that you are someone who believes in the words that you speak. You have to believe in the things that you say. So think about it that if you believed that the things you said would come to pass, would you say all the things that you've been saying? If you were somebody who believed in your words and you believed that everything you said would come to pass, would you, would you be saying, like all the things that you said, maybe this past week, would you believe, would you, would you say them? If you knew that everything you said would come to pass, would you say them? Hmm? No, just, this is for self-assessment. So, like, I want you to think about yourself. That if I believed that all my words would come to pass, would I be saying all that I've been saying all this while? Because this is a, it's a, it's a, it's a foundation for prayer. This is a foundation. Hallelujah. Because sometimes, you know, people come in, you, you, you come into prayer, and you engage, and then you get something. And then the moment you step in, when you use your tongue to overthrow all that you just accomplished. Can again, we'll talk about, there were times he asked, he prayed for certain people, and then he, he said, let's agree and pray. He said, do you believe? The person said, yes. So he said, I believe, so I'm in agreement with you. And then he would finish praying, and then... Um, he would ask the person that, <laughs> is, it, is it done? Have you received? The person would say, oh, I sure hope so, Brother Hagen. I sure hope so. Kenneth <laughs> Hagen would tell the person, You might as well forget it. <laughs> you might forget it. You might as well forget it, Brother Hagen would tell the person that you, you just forget it. He said, Because I believe that you did not believe. He would just, you know, like tell the person like that. Are you here? Okay. Now. I'm emphasizing this. Now I'm going to the next thing. Verse 24, Mark 11. He says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Hmm. This is Jesus speaking, you know. He says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Now Jesus was the, is and was the authority. He said, I, I say unto you. He didn't say Moses said or whatever. He said, I say unto you. So this is, this is Jesus. He's Lord of all. You know, Peter went to the house of Peter and he said, the word that God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, said he is Lord of all. Acts 10 verse 34. He said he is Lord of all. Hallelujah. So he is he, telling you that Jesus is telling you these things. And he said, me, I'm telling you that what? What things soever you desire. This is, isn't this important? He said that anything that you desire, you say I. I say I desire. I desire. Say what things soever I desire. I desire. So it puts so 
immediately you see the, the, the domain, the domain of responsibility. He said, who, what things soever you desire. So there are things that you desire. What you desire may not be what I desire. But he says, what things soever you desire. Jesus didn't even say, whatsoever things I desire. As in, I, Jesus, desire. He said, whatever you desire. Why am I emphasizing this? Because you have to understand that this is coming from you. This is something that is coming from you. He's talking about your desires. So Jesus knows that you have desires. Isn't that wonderful? That Jesus actually knows that we will have what desires. He expects that we will have desires. So there's nothing wrong with having desires. There's nothing wrong with you having a desire. He wants you to have a desire. And he's telling you what to do about the desires that you have. He said, what things soever you desire. What things soever you desire. Desire. So desire is a powerful force. That's where prayer begins. Desire. Desire. It's, important. it's a powerful thing. So sometimes, when desire is not so strong, okay, it can weaken the, the, the fundamentals of prayer. When desire is not intense. So how do you build this desire? There's a way that you can build this desire. You can build your desire. Because sometimes people can be in a place where because of circumstances, because of challenges, because of the things that they've been through, it's difficult for them to, to stir that desire, okay, that would drive them towards going for what they would actually want to have because the desire is not strong yet. If you are in that place, and maybe because of things that have happened, the way things have gone, you've gone without for so long, it's difficult for you to actually position yourself to, to receive. What, when, if you are in that place, what do you do? It means that you've been seeing the wrong picture. You've been seeing the wrong picture for so long. Okay? It could even be in a marriage where the marriage has been so sour for so long that you've even forgotten what a sweet marriage looks like or feels like. If you've been in that place for a long time and you want to come out of it, you have to, the, the images that you have been seeing have to be replaced. Okay? And one is exposure. For example, you can surround yourself with other women who believe that all men are dead and they are useless and all those things and that's the picture they keep, they're going to keep painting for you consistently, consistently, consistently. So that's not going to generate the desire you know, that you require. But if you get around people who are having a days of heaven on earth, it's going to trigger something. So number one, exposure. Talking about exposure to the destination that you are looking to get to. That's number one. Number two is exposure to the word. There's something about the word of God that it can remove the boundaries of the limitations of your imagination. So that even things that you have not experienced, in the word you find out that they are possible. You begin to find out that they are what? Possible. By your exposure to what? The word of God. Because maybe you're from a family where the women usually they struggle to have children and you know your aunt so and so, this one had a struggle to have children, they struggle to have successful marriage, they struggle and all that. And that's the, like the community that you grew up um, from or in or whatever it is. Or these are people who always had one health challenge or the other. And that can become your expectation. It can become your expectation. But what happens? When you begin to interact with the word of God, Immediately, there's a new picture that is changed for you. It happened to Abraham. You know, Abraham 
when God called him from Ur of the Chaldees, God told him, Abraham, get thee out of your father's house, out of your kindred, out of your country, unto a place that I will show you, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And, and, and then he, he told him that I will bless them that bless you, I will curse him that curses you, and through in you shall all the nations of the world be blessed. Now, he, the Bible says, so Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken to him. He departed and went forth. And then by chapter 13, the Bible says that he had to leave Egypt. And verse 2 says that he was, Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. Then we go to uh, later down uh, chapter 13 and it says that lots that went with Abraham also had a lot of, you know, like heads and all that and cattle. And the headsmen of Lot were quarreling with the headsmen of Abraham. So they had to uh, uh, go their various ways. And then you go to chapter 14 and what is happening there? Lot soon after had become a prisoner of war. They captured him, whatever he was doing, at the gate of Sodom and Gomorrah. They captured him and took him as a prisoner of war. So he was being held at Guantanamo Bay or wherever it was. And somebody came and told Abraham that your cousin has become a prisoner of war. So Abraham got 318 servants together and went after Lot to go and rescue him. And he brought him back. So when Abraham came back from slaughtering the kings... And then um, Melchizedek came and met him. The Bible says Melchizedek was priest of God Most High. He was king of Salem or king of peace. So he was the, um, the Old Testament like typology of Jesus Christ. He wasn't Jesus Christ in person. He was a type of Jesus Christ. It's like you have various characters in the Old Testament that represented Jesus. But they were not Jesus. Because the Bible says that the word became flesh. Until he became flesh, he was not flesh. Hallelujah. So Melchizedek blessed Abraham and then Abraham gave him the tithe and he gave Abraham communion so Abraham in chapter 15 the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Abraham and said fear not Abraham he said I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward he said I am your shield your exceedingly great reward then Abraham said what will thou give me he said, seeing that he went childless, as he said, this Eliezer of Damascus shall be my heir. He said unto him, he said, Lord, you have not given any heir. So one born in his house shall become his heir. He said, God said, no, this guy born in your house is not going to be your heir. One from your own loins is going to be your heir. And, but Abraham had had this picture. Now, you need to understand, Abraham had a brother called Haran. Um, like he had a brother that was Rebecca's um, father. Okay? Abraham had a, um, his brother also didn't have children. You can, you, can, you can follow it. His mother also didn't have children. So this was how, where Abraham was coming from. So it wasn't like there were examples that, so if you look at his siblings, he didn't have kids. And he himself didn't have his own son. So they called him Abraham, assumed or father. Meaning that the, the father, we are calling him father, but it's a nickname. That's what it meant. Okay? It's a nickname. Like was, they call you chief, but like, you know... <laughs> So that's, that's what Abraham meant. So God realized that this guy, it, it was going to be difficult for him to possess because you possess by faith. You possess by faith. The promise of God was to a righteous man. That righteousness, Abraham could only receive it by faith. But he couldn't receive it by faith seeing the wrong picture. So the Bible says that God brought him out of his tent and said, look, stop looking at your, your brother who doesn't have kids. Stop looking at your household that only your servants are having children and your own relatives are not having children and all that. He said, look up. Look at the stars. So God had to replace what he was seeing with the new image. So Abraham lifted up his eyes and God said, see if you can number them. See if you can number them. 
And he says that that's how your descendants are going to be. The Bible says the moment Abraham saw that, the Bible says God preached the gospel to Abraham. So he used the stars to preach the gospel to Abraham. The moment Abraham saw that, he caught that picture because Abraham believed in the Lord. Do you see that? Abraham believed in the Lord. And it, he was credited for righteousness. Said he credited it to him as righteousness. Abraham believed in the Lord. So you see that the image, what he was looking at changed. So I mean, you'll be looking at the wrong thing. That picture has to change. What you've been seeing. Maybe all your friends, okay? All your friends, maybe they've all believed that, okay, men are bad people, all these things, you know, like um, there's no honest person anywhere. Or they, your, your male friends, they also believe that there's no good woman anywhere in the world. The good, last good woman died with the last apostle. All kinds of belief systems, okay? So that's what you surround yourself with. You can even have like, um, like girls' night out and all you discuss is all these terrible things. So that's the picture you've been seeing. But that's not the end you want. So what are you going to do? You have to change the, replace the image. You have to replace the image. I said number one is what? Exposure to where you want to get to. Number two, exposure to the word. Because the word will immediately remove the boundaries of your limitation. So you begin to imagine something better. And then it triggers something in you. It's called desire. It's called desire. So now, this desire that is triggered in you creates an elaborate picture of what you want to see. Hallelujah. So now you are seeing something differently. The Bible says they looked to him. Their faces were lightened and they were not ashamed. So you have, you have stopped looking at your background. You have stopped looking at your school. You have stopped looking at your community. You have stopped looking at your neighborhood. Now you are looking at the stars. You are looking at God. He says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Now, when he says that, I'll lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence come in my help? People think he was asking a question. Like, I'll lift up my eyes to the hills. Where is my help coming from? That's not what that is. He says that, I'll lift up my eyes to the hills. What hills? It's called the hills of Zion. He said, that's where my help is coming from. Hallelujah. So now your, your, your vision, you are looking at something different. Desire has formed. What has Proverbs said? Through desire, a man having separated himself, intermingled with all wisdom. So your desire has changed. What you are looking at is not what you are looking at now. You are looking at a different picture. Hallelujah. It's a basis of prayer. It's a fundamental. So now you are looking at something. Hallelujah. You are looking at a different image. What you used to see is different. What you are seeing now is different. Now you are looking at your company through a different lens. You are not looking at struggling Looking at the wrong statistics, 50% of all new businesses die within the first year. Another 30% die within the next um, three, two years or whatever, five years or whatever. So in five years, about 90% of them are there. So no, you're not looking at that kind of statistics. You are looking at Rockefeller. You are looking at people who started from nothing and they built a multinational conglomerate. So your image has changed. Are you with me? That's why I said don't be too eager to pray. Let the picture form. So now there's a clear image. There's something, there's something that I'm seeing. I'm looking at something now. So now that I'm, when I'm engaging in prayer now, I know exactly what I want. I am clear. I am focused. I am what else? I'm specific. I'm reasonable. Hallelujah. And then I'm pleasing to him. Hallelujah. I'm pleasing to him. Glory to God. So what things soever you desire. So there are things that you desire. 
Glory to God. There are things that you desire. Look at Rebecca. The Bible says that, and, and just to tell you, to emphasize the point that Abraham's sibling was, was, was barren. At the end, when he went to sacrifice Isaac, and God said, because I know that you fear me, therefore blessing I will bless you, multiply and multiply your, 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 your seed at the stars of heaven and all that. When he blessed him, and Abraham came down the mountain, the Bible says that somebody came and told Abraham that your brother has also had children. Do you get what is happening here? Yeah. So they, they, his, his siblings even didn't have kids before. But now something has changed. Hallelujah. Something has changed. So your image, whatever image that you have been looking at, has got to change. What things soever you desire. Then came Rebecca. So this was a familiar issue, right? Rebecca, when she got married to Isaac, the Bible says that Rebecca was barren. Rebecca was married. But the Bible says that Isaac prayed for his wife. Isaac prayed for his wife. The Bible says, and what happened? Twins at once. Somebody's wedge. Do you see that? Do you, do, you, do you know that? Rebecca, from birth, she had twins. Glory to God. Because there's a different image that Isaac, God said in Isaac, your seed will be blessed, your seed will be called in Isaac. So how can she be barren? No. How can Isaac be, not have kids? No. It's like God saying that Aaron's sons would always be priests before him. Which means that it is a given that Aaron always have um, grandchildren or great-grandchildren and some of them will be sons. Hallelujah. It was taken for granted. Glory. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. So your desire man be clear. There has to be desire. And you can build that desire like I showed you. Have I showed you in the have I showed you in the way? I'm just saying in the way. Okay? So I said that the picture must change. What you are looking at, there has to you have to look differently. Hallelujah. Then he says that when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. It's almost like the first part of this verse is so much that I, can, I don't think that I can even complete the whole verse today. So it says I'm talking about desire. Hallelujah. Desire. So Jesus said that what things soever you desire. Desire. What things soever you desire. Glory. What things soever you desire. So what is it that you desire? What is it that you desire? And here's the other point. Faith will work by praying, and faith will work by seeing without praying. Faith will work by seeing, or faith will work by praying. It will work either by seeing only, or by praying only, or it will work by seeing without praying. You get what I'm talking about? Yeah, because first he said, one thing, whoever shall say, and not doubt, but believe that the things he says, you come to pass, you have whatever. Therefore, that's the premise of prayer. Now, what you say in prayer matters. What you say after prayer also matters. Okay? And that's where you catch a lot of people. What you say in prayer matters. And what you say after prayer also matters. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because sometimes 
just as the prayer is when you have the opportunity to, you know, describe the problem you need. You know, and that's why you have to know, you have to have mastery of words. You have to know how to communicate clearly. Hallelujah. You can refer to it in the past tense. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you, can, you can refer to it in the past tense, okay? Yes. <laughs> Glory. Glory to God. Somebody said, I have this. I have a headache. I have. And I said, you know the things you have. You know what you actually have. It's like your arm. Your arm is yours. This is your arm. You have this. It's yours. Okay? So when you, you say you have this headache, it's like you are laying the same claim to it as your arm. You see how powerful that expression is? I have. Feeling it, I have it, another say. Okay? If you feel a headache, you feel a headache. But to say you have it, you lay possession of it. He shall have whatever he says. Hallelujah. He shall have whatever he says. He shall have whatever he says. He said that what things over you is that when you pray, believe that you receive. Believe when? When you pray. We are just hoping and praying. Jesus never said that about hoping and praying. He said, when you pray, hope? No. When you pray, believe. Because at that point of the inter there's the there's a the, at that point, what you've been hoping for. Faith is going to bring it from the future into the present. So when you pray, you are not hoping. Okay? Because you hoped for something. That's why you prayed. But now that you are praying, you want to bring that thing that you've been hoping for into the present. That's why you are praying. Hallelujah. So when you pray, believe. Believe. Hallelujah. Believe that you receive. He said, and you will have. Hallelujah. Believe that you receive, and you will have. So be clear about these things. Be focused about these things. Be specific. Be reasonable. And it will be pleasing to God. Hallelujah. It's important. It's important to pray in this fashion. Hallelujah. You know exactly what. Some, just, you can even write it down if you want. You can even write down what it is. Well it's a complex matter. Write it down. Write down what it is and what you want. What, what exactly do you want? Write it down. Write it down. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 89, verse 20. I found David, my servant, with my holy God, Abba, anointed. Right? With whom my hand was established and all that my hand was also strengthened him. The enemy shall not exact tribute upon him, the son of wickedness shall not afflict him. I'll beat down his foes before his face, and I'll plague them that hate him. He talked about setting his right hand in the sea and all that. But do you know that that was a prayer? Do you know why that scripture was being quoted? 
If you read, you go further down, you see that the person was telling God that this is what you said about David, but this is not what is happening in the kingdom at this time. You've cast off. Look at David's descendants that are on the throne. The kingdom has, has scattered. Now the kingdom is not powerful anymore. The enemies are riding roughshod over the kingdom. How long, Lord, he said. How long? You know, so that's what he said. He's bringing what God has said before him. He said, Lord, this is what you said, but this is what is going on here. How long, he said. He says, God, how long? Hallelujah. So you see that that person is focused. He's clear-minded. What does he want to see? He wants to see that glory restored. That's why he's bringing that to, to the Father. He said, this is what you said. This is what you said about David and his descendants. You said he would never cease to have a son on the throne. You said you would never cast off his children forever. If they offend you, you would punish them, but you would never remove your loving kindness and mercies from him. But he said, look, the enemies, they mock. This is what is happening. Then he asked the Lord, how long? How long is this going to continue? Are you here? So you understand. So know the situation. Number two, know what the word says. Okay? Know what the word says. There's something that the word says. <laughs> you know, there was a time that some people went to attack Judah or Israel. And then the king went to God. They said, Lord, are you not the one, I think it was Judah, are you not the one who gave this land to your friend David by a covenant of salt, he said. He said, now look at these other countries. They are coming to dispossess us of what you give to David. The Bible says that when they went to the battle, God was angry and smote the enemy. Why? Because not only did he know the situation, he also knew what God had said. So number one, be clear-minded. Number two, know what the word has said. Because there's something you're experiencing, but there's what God's word has said. Hallelujah. And then that's where you come. He says, come boldly. He didn't say, come and beg. He said, come boldly. He didn't say, come and beg me. He said, come what? Boldly. How many parents here, you would like it when your child comes to beg you? Present or future parents, you would like your child come and beg you. Do you, do you see that? No. The parental instinct does not want that. Hallelujah. Yeah, so the father also, he said, that's why he said, come up boldly. Come up boldly and collect grace and find mercy to help in your time of need. He said, come and collect. Come up and take it. Hallelujah. It's a very important thing as we are emphasizing prayer in these times. He said the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded. Be clear, be focused, be specific, be reasonable. Okay? And then you'll be pleasing to the Father. So this are the, that, that's, that's what you want. You know, sometimes the, the, the issue can weigh on your heart so much that all you do is sigh. And you are only thinking about it. And it's bothering you. And you're wondering about it. 
how, when is it going to change? What is going to happen? Is this all is going to be? And you, but you actually have not organized yourself to pray properly about these things. You're not clear, you're not focused, you're not specific, you're not reasonable about it. Hallelujah. So it's important. It's important. When it comes to prayer, he said, ask of me and I will give you. He said, ask of me and I will give you the nations. Also understand here that Jesus didn't say, whatsoever things I desire, meaning I, Jesus, he said you. Whatever you desire. So it's your desire. Okay? It's your desire. Say it's my desire. It's my desire. So it's my desire. It's my desire. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's your desire. You need to understand this. It's your desire. Hallelujah. It's your desire. It's not God's desire. It's your desire. Whatever you desire. Hallelujah. It's your desire. If it's your desire. You know, it's like God appeared to Solomon. In a dream. The Bible says it was in a dream. And so when God appeared to Solomon, he said, What do you want me to do for you? And then Solomon said that, Give me wisdom. Actually, the expression, give me a hearing heart. Okay? So that I can govern these people. And then God said that, Because of what you've asked, wisdom I'll give you more than all the kings before you and all the kings after you. And I'll also give you what you have not asked. But there was a desire in his heart. But you realize that the moment Solomon wanted wisdom, riches could not be kept from him. He said, I am wisdom. Hallelujah. He said, I have knowledge and understanding. He said, in my right hand is long life, length of days, in my left hand, riches and honor. You see, so they, they go together. Once wisdom comes, it comes with those things. Hallelujah. Yeah. So whatever he asked, God gave him. God gave. The Bible said God gave wisdom, Solomon wisdom, exceeding much. And the Bible begins to talk about the erudite of his days. Okay? Those who were the, the, the erudite, intellectually. Like, and, and he named them Ethan and Mahol and all of that. And, and he says that Solomon's wisdom was greater than all the wisdom of the East. That's like saying today that all the Western like um, wisdom, one guy, one man's wisdom was greater. If you put it all together, all the wisdom, you could collect it and, and put it on a scale. Solomon's wisdom was greater than all of them. And then Jesus comes and says that. He said, a greater than Solomon is here. That's what Jesus said. He said, a greater than Solomon is here. No wonder the, the Jews couldn't understand this man. Where did he come from? And then he could talk like this. A greater than Solomon is here. Moses was a servant of the house. I am Lord of the house. Before Abraham was, I am. You are from beneath, I am from above. That's how Jesus was speaking. Hallelujah. And you see, there's a clear mindedness in this because when Jesus Christ stood in front of the cave where Lazarus had been buried, desire, he didn't say, 
find out whatever you want. You did not say that. This was about what Jesus wanted. That's why I said, what you saw about you decide. You have to understand that it's about what you decide. So be clear about what you decide. Hallelujah. Amen. What you decide. Amen. There are places where I know the September will say, what if what you are desiring is not what um, God wants? We'll cover all those things at some point. But for um, just in case somebody is listening to this message and doesn't get the opportunity, or um, Jesus has come, we have left before you are listening to this message. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. It says that, you know, Jesus is not intimidated that you will be asking something that he, he will not be able to give you. Do you know that Jesus is not intimidated? He's not concerned. He doesn't have those concerns. That maybe, hey, what if they ask for something that is too much? He's not concerned. He's not intimidated by that. There's a reason. Do you see that over the past hour, your faith level has been building? Since I started speaking, your faith level has been building up to now. Now, how is that faith coming to you? It's coming to you by the word of God. The word of God that is coming to you, that is building your faith, also aligns you with the will of God. It's an unconscious thing. So, whatever desire that is being birthed in you, that desire is coming through the word of God. So, that problem is not an issue. It's not the problem. Are you with me? Yeah, it's not a problem. That thing that is not an issue, that what you are asking for, no, that's not even an issue. Because there's a way that faith comes. It comes by the way. Hallelujah. That is why, as this word has been coming to you, it has never crossed your mind that, oh, it means I can go and kill so and so. Or it means I can go and yeah. Did that come to your mind? No. Only good things. Hallelujah. It's only good things that have been coming to your attention since the word of God has been coming. It's always the things that have been coming to you are, oh wow, so I can expand on this area. Oh, so I can go forward in this area. Oh, so I can have a better home. So I can have a happy marriage. Is that not the things that are coming to you? Exactly. Because the faith is coming in the word. It's a faith comes. It comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. Glory to God. So don't let religious really butch it you. Amen. Glory to God. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I'm going to end here. I'll continue nursing God willing. I want you to just um, end here and pray based on what you have heard. Hallelujah. You're going to pray. Talk to the Father. Talk to the Father. One of the ways your capacity will be enhanced is by increasing your desire. So ask that your desire will increase for more, for greater. I want you to talk to the Father. That the Spirit of God will increase your desire. The boundaries of limitation of your imagination will give way to new realms of possibility. Yes.
like Abraham, the images would change. You will stop seeing limits and you will start seeing increase, expansion, possibilities. Yeah. Talk to the Father. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Like days of heaven on earth. Days of heaven on earth. But that image has not been in front of your eyes. But now it's coming to you. You're seeing that that's possible. Days of heaven on earth. Days of heaven on earth. You see that. You begin to see it. Days of heaven on earth. That is possible. You're going to see also increase. You want to see increase. That today you can see that it's possible. It's possible for an expansion. It's possible. There's a realm of possibility. A realm of possibility is coming. You can see it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Increase my capacity to receive. Increase my vision. Cause me to see glory. Ever increasing glory. So that I can see what is possible with you, Lord. Not limited by circumstances. What I've seen, experienced, what I interact with, but I'll see the possibilities that you made available to me. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the 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 name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because your word has told us that the end of all things is near. Because of that, we should be clear. We should be focused. We should be reasonable. We should be specific. And we would please you in prayer. And Jesus told us that we should have desires. And we thank you that even from this meeting, Lord, great desires are being birthed in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, that as we close and leave this place, Lord, desires, strong desires, great desires, desires for better, desires for greater, desires for, 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 for more wonderful things are, are being birthed in us in the name of Jesus. And that mediocre desires and and mediocre passions are giving way to strong desires for greater things and more beautiful things and more amazing things. Days of heaven on earth. 
it has become possible to us in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Anyone amongst us, Lord, who has been seeing a negative picture consistently, let that picture be replaced. Like how you took Abraham out of the tent and you told him to look at the stars and see if he could number them. So let it be with us that we will see the stars in the name of Jesus. We'll see the full picture of what you have for us, Lord. And desire will be strengthened in us in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay.